morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you are, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sports Crunch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromwell. In 2018, with a young, creative new head coach in Matt Nagy, an historically dominant defense led by Khalil Mack, and what seemed to be an improving young quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky, the Chicago Bears surprised the NFL on their way to a 12-4 record, only to lose on an unlucky double-doink missed field goal in the playoffs. Although many Bears fans were very hopeful the team would take another step forward in 2019, maybe as far as the Super Bowl, it didn't happen. Trubisky regressed badly, and the defense wasn't anywhere near as dominant as it was the year before. So, what do the Bears need to do over the next few months in free agency and the draft in order to put them in the best possible position to replicate their 2018 success? Joining us to answer that question is Jacob Infante. Jacob covers the Bears for WindyCityGridiron.com and is also an NFL draft analyst for the Draft Wire. It's a pleasure having you with us, Jacob. How are you doing? Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. We're very excited to have you. You're very welcome, Jacob. And let's start with the elephant in the room for Bears fans, and that is the quarterback position. The old saying goes, the biggest need on your team is quarterback until it's not. And I think that's how Bears fans are feeling right now, especially with the season Mitchell Trubisky had last year. And earlier this week, a good friend of the pod, Benjamin Albright of Pro Football Network, reported that the Bears are indeed looking at veteran quarterback options. While Trubisky is still going to get a shot to prove that he's the guy, his leash will be very short, like Marcus Mariota's was last season. And he also noted that if the Raiders were to trade or release Derek Carr, who has a $21.5 million cap hit and $7.9 million in dead money, they'd be interested. And another name he mentioned that the Bears are discussing is Andy Dalton. The Bears' salary cap issues aside, which one of those two quarterbacks would be the best get for the Bears and why? Uh, I don't I think ultimately... The dream for the Bears is that Derek Carr becomes available if the Raiders decide to give up on him, if they fall in love with the possibility of signing Tom Brady, or if Brady you know, wants to come to Las Vegas, then that would open up a trade possibility for Carr. And I think Derek Carr, in his situation right now with his contract getting more and more team-friendly by the year as quarterback contracts go up, you know, his age, his production, his fit in the system. I think that with Derek Carr at quarterback, the Bears may definitely make the playoffs uh, this past season, and it would make them a playoff contender for at least a good three, four years in the future, and then eventually you'd end up drafting a guy, kind of like what the Chiefs did with Alex Smith, where they acquire him, they start him for a little while and they make the playoffs and then eventually they, you know, trade for or draft a high upside young quarterback in the draft. But realistically, I don't necessarily know if Tom Brady leaves New England. That's just me. And then again, I'm used to having Tom Brady on the Patriots for my entire life. But I think, honestly, Andy Dalton is probably the most realistic option for the Bears. Just because the Bears' new offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, uh, coached Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. He was their offensive coordinator for a bit, and they saw some success uh, with Lazor and Dalton working together. And considering the fact that Dalton might get released, or if he's traded, it won't necessarily cost a lot, I think that... Dalton's a guy you can acquire 
if you still have a little bit of faith in Trubisky, if you decide, okay, Trubisky isn't good, we want to get rid of him ASAP, which I don't think the Bears necessarily want to do right away, then I think, honestly, Dalton would be the best possible choice considering what it would cost to get him and considering the fit in the offense. But if the Bears do decide that they want to get rid of Trubisky right away this offseason, then I think that Derek Carr could be that guy that they look at. Yes, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this historic quarterback carousel unfolds. But in order to get one of those quarterbacks, whether it be Carr or Dalton, the Bears will likely need to free up more salary cap space. While they did just that yesterday by releasing Taylor Gabriel and Prince of Mucamara to free up $13.5 million in space, that only puts the Bears at an estimated $18 million in change under the cap, according to OverTheCap.com. But two other such potential moves that will let them more cap space are releasing Leonard Floyd, which will save them $13.222 million against the cap at zero in dead money, or... And this might be a stretch, Akeem Hicks, who will save them $8.8 million, but $3 million in dead money. Do you see the Bears releasing one of those two players if necessary? I personally don't think Akeem Hicks is going to get released. I feel that his roster spot, regardless of you know his age, he's getting a little bit older, and he's just coming off of an injury-plague season. I think he sticks around for at least another season, at the very least, uh, simply because I've Although I do feel the Bears have a lot of talent at the defensive line, we saw what the Bears' defensive line looked like without Hicks for most of the season, and it wasn't nearly the same. So I think he sticks around. With Leonard Floyd, I don't really know. I feel that with the way things are going right now, the Bears are picking up Leonard Floyd's fifth-year option. They can still choose to rescind that and have him hit free agency. They can release him or they can trade him. Ultimately, I think the worst possible thing the Bears can do is have Leonard Floyd play on that fifth-year option because that's he's going to be making roughly like $13 million. I could be wrong on that. I'd have to double-check. but 13.222 million. Yes. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. So he'd be making a lot of money, and he's a talented football player. He's a well-rounded defender who can do a little bit of everything very well except sack the quarterback. And that's the main thing that edge rushers in a 3-4 defense need to do. And while I think he's athletic and he's versatile and he brings a lot to the table, I don't think you can pay a guy who gets three, four, five sacks a season on a regular basis. I don't think you can pay him over $13 million a year. So whether that means the Bears rescind the tag and re-sign him to like an eight or nine million dollar deal a year, or they trade him or release him and then hope to get a comp pick. I think that they need to do something to get rid of that thirteen million dollar cap hit. I don't know necessarily what it would be, but I feel like they have to do something. Ideally he might stick around on the roster for another year, but you know, like I said, I don't think that they can afford to have him making $13 million a year next season. 
Oh, I completely agree with you. Uh, Leonard Floyd has been okay, but he has far underwhelmed that uh, ninth overall draft value uh, that the Bears took of that in uh, 2016. But another way they could potentially free up more cap space is with a contract extension for wide receiver Allen Robinson, who, in my opinion, should have made the Pro Bowl last year, given how he was able to uh, function well for like the second time in his career with subpar quarterback play. And Robinson, he's slated to count $15 million against the cap this year. How realistic is it that a new contract with a lower 2020 cap number will be in place for Allen Robinson sometime before the season? I think it's definitely possible. I mean, we've seen what the Bears have been willing to do to re-sign their guys in the offseason. We saw it with, you know, Eddie Jackson, just, you know, like right before, right after the season ended, rather. And we've seen guys like Cody Whitehair, uh, Akeem Hicks, who have been extended before they've hit a free agency. We've seen, and Eddie Goldman, too, that's another name. A lot of guys that the Bears have identified as long-term pieces They've been aggressive in bringing them back, and they haven't wasted any time. I honestly thought the Bears would have extended Allen Robinson by now, but I do think that it's definitely possible, and it should happen, that the Bears extend Allen Robinson and could potentially lower his cap hit for 2020. Because, like you said, he was arguably a Pro Bowl snub. He put together one of the best seasons of his career. He was a true number one receiver in an offense that didn't necessarily have a lot of spark. So I think Robinson is definitely a long-term piece that the Bears need to keep around. And if an extension lowers his 2020 cap it, then I'm even more all for it. Yes, that is definitely a very good point. And also to the Eddie Jackson deal, uh, it might have set the market in terms of average annual value for safeties, but in terms of the guaranteed money, it didn't really set the market, so the Bears got a pretty good bargain out of it. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I definitely say so. And the past two seasons, Eddie Jackson's been playing at a very high level. You know, obviously in 2018, he was a turnover machine who had six interceptions, I believe, and was a consistent force, you know, after the catch as well, you know, scoring multiple pick sixes that season. And even though this year he didn't necessarily have his high turnover numbers, he continued his improvement as a tackler, and he was still very reliable in coverage. So I think that considering he's still pretty young and considering how reliable he is in coverage, I think that he's definitely a good value at the price that the Bears signed him at, and especially considering in the future how much teams are going to be paying safeties after the Eddie Jackson deal. I think that in maybe as soon as one or two years, that deal could end up looking like an absolute bargain. Or as soon as this year with uh, Justin Simmons likely to go on the franchise tag, but expected to be subsequently extended by the Broncos. Uh, I expect that deal to uh, eclipse Eddie Jackson, especially in terms of the guarantees that it could eclipse those guarantees by quite a bit. Oh, that's true. I honestly forgot Justin Simmons is hitting the open market. He's been, very impressive, and that gives Vic Fangio a, a kind of a similar piece in the, in the secondary that he had with Eddie Jackson in 2018. Uh, he definitely had a very impressive year. I admittedly didn't know enough about Justin Simmons heading into the season. I definitely know him now. 
Oh, you, oh, you said it, man. Uh, Vic Fangio coaches those safeties up like uh, none other. He helped Eddie Jackson to a big payday, and he's likely going to help Justin Simmons to a very similar uh, payday. And you mentioned the Bears uh, with their coaching changes, particularly on the offensive staff, firing offensive coordinator Mark Helfrich and replacing him with, as you said, former Bengals and Dolphins offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. What potential upgrades over Helfrich does Bill Lazor bring? You know, admittedly, I still have a little bit more research on Laser to do, but from what I understand, he was a very big fan of the RPO with Cincinnati, and I think that that's a very good fit for this offense, especially for Trubisky, if they do want to try and you know milk a little bit more out of him, because they did run the option very well for the most part. You know, obviously it wasn't perfect, but I do feel you know having Trubisky on the move a bit, having him necessarily not thinking as much and sitting in the pocket I think that that is for the most part pretty good for him so and considering the pieces the Bears have at running back I think that's you know definitely a good fit for him I'm also a very big fan of some of the other coaching hires that the Bears made this offseason you know they hired uh, Juan Castillo for their offensive line and he also has experience as a run game coordinator, and he's probably going to help out there. And this past season, the offensive line didn't necessarily have a good season, and that also affected their run game, and it hurt David Montgomery's development a little bit. I mean, he's still had a decent season, but I think that having Castillo there and having a guy with that run game experience could definitely help. And I'm also a really big fan of the John DeFilippo hire. Oh, yeah. He's the new uh, quarterback coach. And when I first saw that hire, I was absolutely ecstatic because I remember back in the 2018 offseason, there was a lot of speculation that DeFilippo was going to be the Bears' new head coach because he was, you know, that's that red hot coaching candidate that everybody wanted to get a shot at. And he never, he never ended up getting that head coaching job. But now that he's here, you know, I think that this is a good place for him to rebuild his resume and stick around for a little bit because he's coming off of two kind of rocky seasons as offensive coordinator for the Vikings and Jags, respectively. But I think that this is a place he can stick around for at least a couple of seasons, work with Trubisky, work with whoever else they bring in, work with whoever's going to be the next long-term starter for the Bears, and not only help the Bears out in – fixing their quarterback situation, but help himself out and try and eventually bring himself back up in the eyes of NFL teams and get back to an offensive coordinator job. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked the Jaguars let him go given the amazing job he did with Gardner Minshew last year. Yeah, I mean, Minshew definitely surpassed all expectations, and considering that he was only a six-round pick, he definitely did a good job sticking in for Nick Foles and ultimately replacing him. And I think DeFilippo should deserve some credit for that. I was admittedly kind of surprised that they didn't bring him back too. But now that he's on the Bears, I'm not necessarily complaining. Uh, You shouldn't. I think he'll do great work with that quarterback room, whoever is in it. But one of those coaching moves you mentioned, you mentioned Juan Castillo. The guy he's replacing, the Bears letting him go, that was a little bit puzzling to me personally. 
Uh, Harry Heastand, to me, is a top-five offensive line coach in football at all levels. You could just look at his track record at Notre Dame. Look at his track record when he was with the Bears in the 2000s during the 2005 and 2006 seasons, that Super Bowl season in particular. What did you feel about Heastand's dismissal, and uh, why do you think Bears fans should think Castillo is an upgrade over Harry Heastand? I'll admit I was kind of on that same boat. I was a little bit surprised that they didn't bring him back, even though the offensive line wasn't necessarily great this year. You know, considering he stands resume and everything that he brings to the table in terms of his development and his experience, I was certainly a bit surprised when they didn't bring him back. Ultimately, with Castillo, I think that starts, again, with the run game, with the experience that he has on the ground. I think that that's where the offensive line struggled a lot this season with opening gaps and scheming uh, the offensive line and figuring out who's blocking who in, you know, was essentially a very zone-heavy scheme. I think that having Castillo there, a guy who knows the run, a guy who's able to work with not only the offensive line but David Montgomery – and figuring out how to work out with that. I think that that makes him a very good fit for what this team needs to work on going forward. Oh, that's a very good point there, Jacob. And oh, three weeks from Monday is the unofficial beginning of free agency. Free agency officially begins uh, March 18th at uh, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time when uh, teams can officially announce uh, the free agency deals. But starting on Monday, uh, March 16th, uh, Teams can start talking directly to agents and uh, working out parameters of deals and getting deals done before uh, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on March 18th. And with free agency coming up very soon, uh, what free agents do you see the Bears going after with their limited cap space? You know, admittedly, I'm not 100% sure what the Bears plan on doing in free agency. I don't think they have the cap space to necessarily spend too much other than at the quarterback position. So I think that that's going to be their lone, quote, big splash this offseason. I think that they'll end up spending a good chunk of money on whether it's trading for Derek Carr, signing or trading for Andy Dalton, you know, signing like maybe Marcus Mariota in free agency. I think that that's going to be the route that they take with their free agency. As far as the other uh, positions go, I think that it can be re-signing guys. They've got a bit of a situation at inside linebacker where they've got Danny Trevathan, Nick Kwiatkowski, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis all expected to hit the open market. They need to bring back at least one of those guys. And, you know, HaHa Clinton Dix and Deion Bush at safety are both expected to leave. I don't think they can afford to bring back HaHa. If they can bring them back, I'm all for it. But if they don't, then I could see them going after kind of like maybe like a Trey Boston sort of type of veteran safety with starting experience who won't necessarily break the bank. If they want to sign a tight end, they already signed Demetrius Harris a couple days ago, and that's not going to count against their comp formula going forward. But... If they do want to sign a tight end, I could see them going after someone like Eric Ebron or potentially Cameron Brait, someone who's got, again, starting experience, who's been productive on a pretty regular basis. Although I could also see them drafting a tight end, but if they do want to go and completely 
attack the tight end position in free agency, then I could see them doing that. Or if they want to go for a guard, I think that's definitely a possibility because it's not a great guard class this season in this year's draft. So maybe a guy like Graham Glasgow, because I know the Lions have a handful of offensive linemen hitting the open market, and I don't know if they can afford all of them. And Glasgow's been a type of guy who's been under the radar with uh, Brandon Scherf and Joe Tunney uh, hitting the open market as well. Glasgow's been kind of unsung in this free agency class, and I think that he'll be you know, close to as good as those two guys, but significantly cheaper. So I think if they want to make a sizable splash at guard, I think he can be a guy they look at. He is Jacob Infante, ladies and gentlemen. WindyCityGridiron.com for his Bears coverage. The Draft Wire for his NFL Draft coverage. You can follow him on Twitter at JacobInfante24. Is that your Twitter handle again, Jacob? Yes. Yeah, JacobInfante24 on Twitter. But before he let you go, Jake, we're going to have some little fun. We're going to do a seven-round Bears mock draft using the Draft Network's mock draft machine. And before we begin, uh, what do you think are some of the biggest positional needs you anticipate the Bears will look to the draft to address? Well, I think a couple of the biggest ones, I'll go for my top three here. I'm going to go tight end, edge rusher, and offensive line with an honorable mention to wide receiver. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy considering the talented young guys the Bears have a receiver, but with Taylor Gabriel gone, they don't necessarily have that speed receiver. They've got Cordero Patterson, but he's more of a gadget guy and a special teamer. If a guy, if somehow someone like Jalen Rager or KJ Hamler falls to one of their second round picks and that's their best player available, I could see the Bears pulling the trigger on one of them. Oh, yeah, totally, especially given uh, Anthony Miller's uh, chronic uh, injury history. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Miller had a very impressive second half of the season the past year, but I agree with you there. I do think that Miller's injury history is a little bit concerning, so if they do go receiver, I wouldn't necessarily blame him considering how deep this class is. All right, so let's start this mock, shall we? Let's go. All right, we are starting the draft, and uh, oh, uh, right now, and here we go. The Bears uh, have two second-round picks this year, uh, getting that uh, second-round pick from the Raiders in the Khalil Mack trade. That was an historic fleecing, dare I say, by the Bears of the Raiders during that trade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, the fact that the Bears got a second-round pick in that deal it made the trade that much more impressive in the moment. And while I do think the Raiders did do a solid job with the picks that the Bears gave up, I do still think that Khalil Mack was worth it. And he's definitely such an important presence on this Bears defense. And I'm definitely happy that Ryan Pace pulled the trigger there. Oh, absolutely. Khalil Mack is a future Hall of Famer. He's going to be wearing a gold jacket uh, someday and would Players like that, you always uh, sacrifice draft assets for proven quantities like Khalil Mack. All right, Bears are now on the clock with the 43rd overall pick, and K.J. Hamler 
is available, but so is uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Like if uh, you see a more as a strong safety uh, to replace Aha Clinton Diggs, he could be a good pick here too. Uh, some other notable names that I think the Bears could uh, go with here. Uh, Julian O'Quara, edge rusher from Notre Dame. Cameron Dantzler, a defensive back from Mississippi State, is uh, to replace Prince of Mucamara. Lloyd Cushenberry third. if you want him at guard uh, from LSU, he he's definitely a guy to look at. Uh, or Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC. He's, he's pretty raw, and this may be a little too rich for me uh, f- by taking him here, given what else is on the board. Uh, Ashton Davis, safety for California, but he's more of a free safety. But still, a lot of great options here. Who do you think the Bears should pick in this uh, situation? Uh, let's see. So I'll admit Hamler's pretty intriguing. I don't know necessarily if the Bears would pull the trigger with their first pick on him. I think they'd go potentially for a bit of a bigger need. One thing I, I, hmm, I think I have an idea of what I want to do here. And I think that he's got a bit of a similar skill set to the player he'd be replacing. I think I'm going to go Julian O'Quara here. Julian O'Quarr to replace Leonard Floyd? Yes, because I see a lot of similarities in their games, but I do think that O'Quarra has more upside as a pass rusher. And considering their similar skill sets, you know, they're both athletic in space and they fire off the ball well, and they've got good length. I think that O'Quarra would have gone in the first round if he didn't suffer that leg injury near the end of the season. So I think that if you take him here, you essentially get a much cheaper version of Floyd and you get to save some money while also getting similar results. All right, so Julian Aquara is the pick at 43. And seven picks later at 50, the Bears are now back on the clock. And K.J. Hamler is still there, but so is Cameron Dantzler uh, and uh, A.J. Terrell if you like him, or Kyle Duggar from Nor Ryan, who I think has a very good chance of going much earlier than this. I saw him down at the Cedar Bowl. He was easily one of the top uh, two or three players down there. And Kyle Duggar, uh, he, I believe he told me he sees himself more as a strong safety, so he could be a good replacement for HaHa Clinton Dick. So he got KJ Hamler, he got Cameron Dantzler, and he got Kyle Duggar. Keep in mind, Ryan Pace loves his small school prospects, so, but what would you do here? Ah, jeez. I'll admit Duggar's pretty enticing here because, like you said, you know, he is an enticing, strong safety prospect, but I think he could play either position, and he's definitely got a lot of upside there. One thing I would like to ask, though, which tight ends are still available? Uh, Let's see which tight ends are still available. Bryson Hopkins, Cole Komet, Hunter Bryant, or Adam Troutman, who really had a great week at the Senior Bowl. Hmm. Let's see. Well, there's one of those guys in that tight end group that I've been pushing for consistently on Twitter, through my articles, and I feel like I'd be doing myself a misservice here if I didn't pick him with the second pick in the second round. I'm going to go Bryson Hopkins. 
So Bryson Hopkins, the tight end out of Purdue, is the Bears pick at 50 in this seven-round mock draft. So, so far we have Julian O'Quara and Bryson Hopkins in this Bears mock draft. And we're going to have to wait quite a while till the Bears are on the clock next. Like, they don't have any picks in the third or fourth round at the moment. Is that correct? That is correct. And while the Bears are projected to get a late fourth-round pick, as far as the comp pick goes for losing Adrian Amos to the Packers this you know, last offseason. They don't have a third-round pick. They don't have their own fourth-round pick. So as of right now, considering Draft Network doesn't have their uh, the comp picks in until they're official, yeah, we're, we're going to have to wait a little while. And it's rough, but until the picks come in, I definitely understand it. Oh, Totally. Absolutely, and they were supposed to uh, release those topics yesterday, but I think the CBA talks kind of interfere with those plans. Yeah, I mean, I honestly didn't know. I keep forgetting when the topics are supposed to be revealed, but as I don't know exactly where the CBA is going with now, but all I can say is that it's pretty controversial, and I don't know necessarily if there's going to be a verdict reached very soon. Oh, oh, totally, uh, and uh, we'll uh, leave the CBA talk for another episode, and as we wait for the Bears to come on the clock again, another possible um, uh, revealing of those topics will be at the combine next week, or even at the owners' meetings in late March. I think that definitely be possible. Either one could work out. Uh, I think it would be potentially helpful for teams to release them right before the combine i know that's coming up pretty soon so it might be a little you know rushed to get that out but giving teams a better understanding of what draft picks they have and what draft capital they have i think that could definitely help them out in terms of evaluating players and seeing guys at the combine that they think could be available for whenever they have those comp picks yep bears are on the clock again with the 145th overall pick and uh, you said uh, the Bears should look at wide receivers, and there are several left on the board. Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, Devin Duvernay out of Texas, Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, Isaiah Hodgins from Oregon State. But in terms of offensive line, you got Ezra Cleveland from Boise State, John Simpson and Michael from Clemson, and Michael Onwenu, who was a star at the uh, Shrine Game, to my knowledge, uh, still left on the board. Where do you think the Bears should go here? Let's see. While this is tough because I think that the Bears would be smart to draft an interior offensive lineman early, but I believe I saw a graphic a little while ago that teams who draft off interior offensive linemen early don't necessarily get a great investment on them, and I also don't think that this year's interior line class is all that great I think the centers are good but I don't think the guards are all that good so I don't necessarily want to reach for need here I think that's a guy you can that's a situation where you can easily you know, sign a guy in free agency and have them compete with the guys already on the roster like Rashad Coward and Alex Bars so I'm not going to go O-line here yet I like the receivers there, though. And while I absolutely love Tyler Johnson, and I think he's, I think he deserves to go higher than where most people have him slated at, I don't think he's what the Bears need. 
I don't think he's necessarily a great fit. Uh, shoot. So, judging by those receivers, uh, I think I'm going to have to go Devin Duvernay. Yeah, Devin Duvernay, I think he has the speed that the Bears are now missing, given the fact that they let go of Taylor Gabriel, and you get a cheaper speed option with Devin Duvernay. So Devin Duvernay is the pick for the Bears at 145 overall. And now we wait, uh, I believe, until the sixth round for the Bears' next pick. And so far we got uh, Julian Oquara, Bryson Hopkins, and Devin uh, Duvernay. Uh, if uh, but can you see Ryan Pace uh, going in a different direction uh, or a completely different direction than the direction we went uh, the first three picks? I think it's definitely possible, and I think that he if he sees an offensive lineman he likes, if someone falls to them, I could definitely see him, you know, boosting either guard or tackle to get a long term guy to eventually replace Bobby Massey on the right side. But ultimately, I do think that tight end is a position they should consider highly when drafting early and I think edge rusher should be two unless they do decide to extend Leonard Floyd this offseason and decide that he's a part of their long-term plans but as of now I see edge as a big need so if they don't re-sign Floyd if they do re-sign Floyd then I still think they should draft an edge rusher because the depth there is not that good but if they don't bring back Floyd or they don't plan on having him all around long-term, then I definitely think that should be a need as well. All right. We're here at round six with pick 176. And uh, you got two good safeties left, uh, both of whom I saw down in Mobile at the Cedar Bowl. Terrell Burgess from Utah, who is extremely versatile. You can line him up at any of the four positions of the secondary at Antoine Brooks Jr. out of Maryland. But he also got Chicago native Ant- Antonio Gandy-Golden from, from Liberty, although I don't think uh, the Bears necessarily need another receiver here. And Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon State. But with uh, Tariq Cohen... Uh, coming out of contract next year, let's see what running backs are available. Um, uh, Darius Anderson from TCU. Uh, Salvin Ahmed from Washington, who is a uh, kind of like he could take a very similar role as Tariq Cohen has. So uh, the Bears have their options here. Uh, where do you think the Bears should go here? Well, I definitely like that you brought up a running back because I definitely think that's a situation that the Bears could consider because given Tariq Cohen's season this past year, I don't necessarily think he's going to be in their long-term plans. I don't think they can afford to give him in a, a long-term contract. I think he's going to have to find his payday elsewhere. So I, I definitely like the idea of drafting another running back in this year's class. I don't think I'm going to do it right away, though. I do like those two safeties that you brought up. I'm honestly kind of torn with which one to go with. I've got to think about this because they're both, you know, talented players. And, you know, I think I'm going to stick true to my board. If I recall correctly, Draft Network has Burgess higher than Brooks. But I think I'm going to go Antoine Brooks here simply because I have him higher on my board. I think he fits that strong safety position well. 
and I think he'd be a very good fit alongside the Ranger, Eddie Jackson. All right, so Antoine Brooks Jr. is the pick for the Bears at 176 overall. Interviewed the kid at the Cedar Bowl. Very, very nice guy. And uh, now um, we got the Bears on the clock again at 180. We've got then their edge in Julian O'Quar, their tight end at Bryson Hopkins, a wide receiver in uh, Devin Duvernay, and a safety uh, in Antoine Brooks. So where do you think the Bears should go here? Let's see. I'm trying to think because I kind of want to add an offensive lineman here because I haven't done that yet. I think that with the running back, I could potentially wait a little bit and still get a couple guys I'm interested in. Let's see. I don't expect there to be too many good guards available. So can you potentially... Yep, we got the tackles here. Scott France of Kansas State, Calvin Throckmorton from Oregon, John Runyon from Michigan, Tremaine Ankrum from Clemson, Charlie Heck, Andy Heck's son out of North Carolina, or Colt McKivitz from West Virginia, or Alex Taylor from uh, South Carolina State. Let's see. Um, those are a couple of intriguing late-round names. I admittedly haven't watched Scott France yet. I've been meaning to get around to him, and I should be able to get that soon so i don't necessarily feel comfortable drafting him as considering i don't necessarily know a lot about his game let's see i'm taking a look at some of these guys here can you list off some interior guys yep here we go we got Jake Hansen from Oregon, Jared Hilbers from Washington, Daryl Williams from Mississippi State, Zach Shackelford from Texas, Gage Cervenka from Clemson, or Tyree Phillips from Mississippi State, or Kevin Dotson from Louisiana, or Keith Ishmael still on the board from San Diego State. Uh, I expect some of these guys to be drafted much sooner. Yeah, I can see a lot of those guys definitely getting drafted earlier. Uh Daryl Williams is intriguing to me. I don't expect him to necessarily fall this far in the draft. I kind of like that because I can see him playing anywhere along the interior offensive line. I'm going to go Daryl Williams. So Daryl Williams from Mississippi State is the pick at 180. And I believe we now wait until round seven for the final Bears pick of the this mock here. And uh, Jacob, uh, this was, is the first kind of mock I've done during a podcast, and it was an absolute pleasure doing it with you. Uh, can't stress that enough. Absolutely. Thanks again. I really enjoyed this. This is a this is a first for me doing a mock draft live on the podcast. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Ooh, so looks like we have it. You're, you're welcome. It looks like this is just the second to last pick. We got another one at 210 overall. Bears are going to have quite a bit of picks this year, and uh, we so we've got an edge. We've got. A tight end, we got a wide receiver, we got a safety, we got an interior offensive lineman in Daryl Williams. So, um, what about next? Uh, you think we should, the Bears should go tackle here, something like that? Another wide receiver, another edge? What do you think? Uh, let's see. As far as position-wise go here, I'm kind of narrowed down between corner and running back. So can you list off which corners are available right now? Uh, corners, sure. Lavert Hill, Jerron Bryant, Levante Taylor, uh, Chris Williamson, Cameron Curl, Jace Whitaker, Elijah Riley, uh, Tino Ellis, Kevin McGill, John Reno, Kendall Vilder from Georgia Southern. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. The, I think the draft network's a little too long on him. 
re- they have him low underneath all those guys. Yeah. Jeez, that's okay. Uh, I'll take note of that. Um, which running backs are still available? Running backs, we have A.J. Dillon, Darius Anderson, Joshua Kelly from UCLA, Rico Dowdle from South Carolina, Michael Warren II from Cincinnati, Reggie Corbett from Illinois, James Robinson from Illinois State, J.J. Taylor from Arizona, Jamichael Hasty from Baylor, or D.J. Dallas from Miami, or Sylvain Ahmed from Washington. Jeez, those are some really intriguing names. I don't know necessarily which way I want to go. Because, I don't know. I really like A.J. Dillon that late. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people at the Combine and boost his stock. And I could see the Bears looking for a short goal line sort of situation type of guy if they don't necessarily see if they see Montgomery more as an all-around type of guy instead of a power back. But I also like guys like Ahmed, uh, Reggie Corbin, or any of those type of guys who can eventually replace uh, Tariq Cohen. Let's see. I've got a tough decision to make here. I like a lot of these running backs. Jeez. Um... Let's see. I will go with Ahmed. All right, so Salvan Ahmed from Washington to replace Tariq Cohen, is that correct? Yes. Yep, uh, yes, so I saw um, a highlight of his on Twitter earlier today. He's a very, very speedy dude. So Salvan oh, Ahmed yeah. as the eventual replacement for Tariq Cohen at the 203rd overall pick and now for corners at the final pick for the bears in this mock kendall wilder's still there as uh, is uh levante taylor lavert hill from michigan jerron bryant fresno state chris williamson from minnesota cameron curl from arkansas jace whitaker arizona elijah riley of army tino ellis uh, a teammate of antoine brooks from maryland um which of these which of those corners would you take in this situation Let's see. I mean, admittedly, Levert Hill would be a close pick here, but I think I'm going to have to go Kindle Vildor. All right, so we got Kindle Vildor from Georgia, the cornerback from Georgia Southern, my, my mistake, as the Bears' final pick in this seven-round mock. So recapping this uh, mock for the Bears, we got Julian Okwara, the edge from Notre Dame, and Bryson Hopkins, the tight end from Purdue, as the second-round picks. Devin Duvernay as the fifth-round pick, the wide receiver from Texas. Antoine Brooks with uh, the first to two sixth-round picks, the safety out of uh, out of Maryland. And with the second to two sixes, Daryl Williams, uh, a versatile interior offensive lineman from Mississippi State. Uh, Sylvan Ahmed, a speedy running back from University of Washington as a potential replacement for Tariq Cohen um, with the first of two several picks. And with the final pick, Kendall Vilder, a defensive back from Georgia Southern. Jacob Infante, thank you so much once again for joining us, and we hope to have you back on the podcast again very soon. Follow him once again on Twitter at JacobInfante24. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I had a blast, and I'd definitely be down to come on a couple more times. I really had a fun time. 
Oh, absolutely. And that's it for today here on Sports Crush. But we'll be back in just a few days with more coverage as the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis gets underway. So stay tuned. In the meantime, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrutch.com. And remember, that is Crutch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Jacob. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at dcrom 59 For Jacob Infante, this is David Cromlow saying so long, and as usual, stay awesome. <laughs>